Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Well, today we're going to be talking about confusion. Confusion on this war that's going on in the Ukraine by Russia. Who is doing what to who? Do they have a right to? Do they not have a right to? Confusion. Is the United States sanctioning Russia? Or is Russia sanctioning the United States? Hmm, that's an interesting twist. That's what our guest is going to talk about on the show today. I want to say hi to everybody who's listening to us throughout all of the United States, all over, I should say, Israel as well, Brazil, Europe, El Salvador, Nigeria, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Sweden, etc., etc. Good to see all of these countries' names here who are listening in. Today, as I said, we're going to be talking about confusion and sanctions. What does that mean? Who's going to suffer from it? Guess what? It's not going to be just the Russians. I know he's going to say that. Uh, corona news. Or is there any more corona news? It just seems to be uh, vanished. And, of course, the Ukraine war. And Prime Minister Naftali Bennett's trip to Russia... Over the Sabbath, that needs to be explained because he violated the Sabbath in order to do that, which means that there must have been something of life and death issue where you are allowed to violate the Sabbath if it's a life and death issue. So we're going to find out, was it, wasn't it, what's going on there? Also, uh, the major sanctions are on Russian wheat, our guest is going to tell us. In other words, Biden... President, U.S. President Biden is penalizing the world's poorest countries who depend on grain to survive. Whatever happens from now in the Ukraine and or anywhere else, expect continent-wide famines before the end of 2022, before the end of this year. Wow. That's a lot. I, let's, we're going to hear what he has to say about that. I want to remind you all to check out our videos on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. They don't appear on the radio usually, so go to our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com and click on the menu bar at the right-hand side that says Videos and watch some of these amazing videos I have with people who fled the Ukraine in their car, etc. Lots of good stuff. We'll be right back. Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries, and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date. We are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, the station that just tells it like it is, whether it's popular or not. 
We want to explore. We want to know the truth. We want to do the right thing, and that's why we're here. Confusion. Is the United States sanctioning Russia, or is Russia sanctioning the United States. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He is a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University. He's authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideastern world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. Now, while I'm online ordering things over the internet... <laughs> I'm a bit addicted, I admit it, because the stuff is just like, there's insult, there's no end. But uh, <laughs> we're talking now, we're hearing things about famines and all sorts of things. Israel now is getting ready to uh, possibly absorb up to 300,000 Ukrainian refugees under... 10% of them under, not even 10%, under 10% of them are Jewish. We, we uh, with our government, our present government under Bennett and Ayelet Shaked, they are planning on building up to 12 different communities in the Negev Desert to house these people, including some Israelis as well. Why they're doing it for people who are not even Jewish, who have nothing to do with Israel, our language, our culture, our religion, our love for our land, total total foreigners, uh, and not for our own children, is really rallying up a lot of people here in Israel because our own children are trying to find places to live. The cost of uh, real estate here is so high. And uh, we're seeing what's going on in, in the Ukraine, and our hearts go out to these innocent people, but the European Union and NATO should be absorbing, NATO countries should be absorbing these people. They have more what to do with them. They're Europeans. So anyway, where would you like to start? That's just my little rant for this morning. <laughs> well, let's get a little bit of background here. There's some. I mean, there's there's so much confusion going on. There are so many signals being given, most of which are false signals or or confusing signals or 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 simply intentionally wrong. So let's take a little bit of a of a perspective here. Um, even without this war, even without any sanctions whatever on Russia, we were we have been expecting for quite some time now a 25 to 40 percent reduction in global oil supply between 2025 and 2030. In other words, it, the, the, the capacity for production is decreasing as time goes on. And, and anybody who's really awake and really seeing what's going on is actually aware of this, even if they're not really consciously aware of it. I mean, the 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 the, the um, OPEC Plus organization decided about half a year ago to gradually increase production by 400,000 barrels per month each month, and they have never made that target. No, there's there's still. Um, many, many hundreds of thousands of barrels per day short of their targets. So even if they come out at the beginning of each month, as they did just a few days ago here in March, and say, okay, yes, we will increase by another 400,000, they don't have the capacity. They're not capable of doing it. And Biden, of course, being this, uh, you know, this, 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 this confused, stupid old man who has no concept of foreign policy, whatever, 
began his presidency by grossly insulting Saudi Arabia, the uh, uh, um, bedrock of American energy policy since 1950, and so when he, and then he goes to, and, and demands that Saudi Arabia increase their production, and Saudi Arabia simply ignores him because he's ignorable. So we need to understand that without sanctioning Russia, we have already a shortfall now. People are, might not be aware, but barrels of oil are now selling for $120 a barrel. That means that if people in California are now paying 5 and $6 a gallon per, per gallon for gasoline, you should expect that to go up by another 35 to 40% within another month. And that's before energy sanctions on Russia. All right. And so if the prices go up, it means that transportation is going to go up. It means that transporting products and goods, food, clothing, items, uh, electrical, anything that truck, trucks need to uh, transport, everything's going to go up. It's going to be harder for people. Well, it's not just trucks. It's trucks, airplanes, uh, I said ships, travel. everything. Yeah, all all transportation is 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 in is in a bind right now. It's not just these issues. That again, as, as they're presented by the U.S. media, which I believe I might I hope I'm wrong, but I believe are intentionally misrepresenting things. But uh, uh, um, uh, the the American Transportation Secretary has no concept whatsoever of what logistics deal with or how to deal with them. No concept whatsoever of how to solve any of these problems. And we see that for a year now, he has not solved even one single problem. And he has a myriad of problems to solve, and not a single one of them has been addressed. But it's not just him. We see the same thing with the, the Cackler-in-Chief as well. I mean, the, the idea of sending this ridiculous, I don't know what to call her, <laughs> Ridiculous imitation uh, 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 vice president to sending her to Europe so she can stand there and say, oh, by the way, people, listen, guys. This is how you talk to, to respectable people. Listen, guys, you know you're in Europe. They're, as if they didn't know that they're in Europe. Um, and et cetera, et cetera. And, and she, again, she has no idea what she's talking about, even on the most basic level. So let, let's let's put a, put out there a few numbers just to give people a little bit a conception here. Um, Saudi Arabia had oil earnings in 2020 of 145 billion dollars. In 2022, two years later, 2022, they're projected to be 375 billion dollars, 150 percent increase in revenues. Okay. 150% rise in revenues. And that's Saudi Arabia. Now let's translate that so that people understand what exactly that means. That means that at present rates, the United States is paying Russia $90 million per day for the, for the oil that America imports from Russia. $90, billion, $90 million per day. Mm-hmm. Which they don't need to so, because America is has fuel. It's just not processing it, correct? 
It, America has the potential for fuel, but again, Biden has shut a lot of this down. Right. A lot of this that uh, uh, Trump managed to bring online, Biden has been gradually, uh, some of it immediately, some of it gradually, is bring, bringing it offline. So he closed down the Keystone Pipeline. He closed down parts of Anwar. He closed down parts of offshore drilling. He closed, closed down all sorts of other things that deal with energy. And then he cries and cries and cries that the that OPEC is not supplying him with enough energy. Well, he's not supplying, supplying him with the energy because you're spitting in their face. And you don't even need them if you had the intelligence in terms of harnessing American ingenuity, which does exist still. Mm -hmm. Right. But you're simply not taking advantage of it. You would think that a country would want to be as independent as possible and not rely on other countries for their energy, especially something so important like energy. Well, that, that, that's, that's a legitimate debate. A lot of uh, economic, uh, economists today would not, dis, would not agree with that, that opinion. They, 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 they look for interdependencies rather than independencies. But I happen to agree with you. I think that on certain things, one should try to be uh, to have a level of, of a high level of security, and that is in energy and in food. Those are two areas where you need to have a, a, a high high levels of security mm-hmm. for your country. Right. Uh, and and America is losing both in in both of those. Remember, um, and this is one of the this is a shocking thing, but America. Is an imp- is an exporter of wheat. It is also an importer of grains. So if Russia and Ukraine, their grains are shut down, Ukraine because there's simply nobody to plant and harvest, and Russia because they're being sanctioned, that's forty percent of the world's grain. Forty percent. That's almost half. Okay, people need to realize that. Yes, keep going. So when we're talking about that, you have to remember something historically. And this is something hard to hard to comprehend if you don't really understand what I'm saying. Never, never in all of human history has Europe been independent in terms of its food supply. Never. Hmm. So Europe historically, well, let me not. I shouldn't say it. How did Pope Urban II say it in 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 1095 at the at the at, at, at Claremont, he said, you, your children, your grandchildren do not have enough resources. Take your armies and go and take them. Hmm. That's what the Crusades were. Anybody who says that the Crusades were a reaction to Muslim incursions into Europe doesn't, hasn't read history. Muslim incursions in Europe ended 300 years before the Crusades. It took them 300 years to wake up. Okay. Oh, it took years to organize armies to bring in food. Hold it there. We're going to take a break. We're going to be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. Hi. 
Hi, everyone. This is Andrea Simento from Jerusalem, inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show, Pull Up a Chair. We'll visit this week's quirky stories, meet fabulous guests, and discover my Israel. Together, we'll laugh, shout, and explain the topics that make us say, hey, we've got to talk about that. So get comfortable and pull up a chair with me, Andrea Simento, every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. All right, we are back here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. You're listening to the Tamariana Show here. I want to just say something before we bring our guests back on the air again, and that is at the beginning of the show, I talked about what's happening here in Israel, that uh, there are plans by the present government under Naftali Bennett and Ayelet Shaked to absorb uh, hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians here. Now, my heart goes out to all of the innocent people. It, it must be terrible what they're going through. And my, I really do. I pray for them. I actually pray for them because they're human beings. But is it the right thing to bring them here to Israel, to the Middle East? They don't belong here in the Middle East. They won't be happy here. They will be happier in a more European type of mentality like they are. They are Europeans. And to bring them here to the Middle East just doesn't make sense to me. Now, we're talking, I'm not talking about the Jews in the Ukraine. Because the Jews, okay, they have a connection here. They have the, we share the religion. Many of them know Hebrew because they pray in, they pray in the language, etc. But I'm uh, just thinking that our own prime minister talks about the new world order. He mentioned it in his speeches before in Hebrew. It's called uh, Olam Seder Olam Chadash, and uh, a Jewish state would not fit inside of a new world order where there are no borders. There's one government for everybody in the world, a one world government. It's just not going to work. So they have to destroy the character of Israel and not make a, a Jewish state. And that's what could do it to bring in hundreds of thousands of people who are not Jewish, have no connection to the Middle East. And uh, when the, in my opinion, it should be the NATO countries that should be absorbing them and not bringing them here to Israel, unless, of course, they're Jewish and they do have a connection here. I don't think they'll even be happy here. So I just want, I wanted to make that very, very clear to people. People shouldn't think that I'm this heartless, terrible person. They themselves would probably prefer to uh, go be absorbed into a NATO country, but the NATO countries want to put them elsewhere. And that's a different interest. That's not in the refugees' interests. All right, go ahead, Professor Mordechai ben Menachem, our guest for today. <coughs> Well, on the, uh, I, I, I'm not quite disagreeing with you, but I think it's a bit more complex than that. It's not just that they won't feel connected here. They, 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 can, can you imagine a person coming from Ukraine, which is very cold, and settling them in the Negev? Can you picture them working outside in 40-degree temperatures? 40 degrees Celsius he's talking about, and the Negev people who don't know is the desert. It's the Negev desert. So you're putting them on the Egyptian border between Israel and the Egyptian border. Yes, well, I, you know, forget the weather. People, you know, there's a, a lot of Russians here and they, they've, they've acclimated, but just mentality-wise, religious-wise, ideology, um, morality, well, that, everything is different. That's, that's, They're that's Europeans. Exactly the 
if you don't have the spiritual connection, you will never overcome the physical hardships. Yes. So, so you are proving my point. It is wrong to do this, but I believe that it's sinister. I believe that they're doing this because they want to water down the Jewish character of Israel. That's what I believe. I could be wrong. I don't know. This is what I suspect. Go ahead. Okay, I, I don't have any input on that, so I can't really, I can't really comment. I, I, I agree with your basic uh, uh, um, uh, conclusion that it's not, that it's not a smart thing to do. But I, I don't have any data. I fine. can't really yes, discuss it. Yes, that's fine. Um, we need to understand some, again, some, some basic facts. Now, everybody, well, almost every commenter in the internet or or anywhere is saying, well, you have to look at what they're doing because China's looking at this, and if Russia succeeds with Ukraine, then China will immediately attack Taiwan. It's not so simple. Um, yeah, Ukraine is a is a is a land is a is a land country. China, uh, Russia has a, a a large border in common with it. It simply rolled over the border. Attacking Taiwan is an amphibious assault, much much more difficult. Um, Ukraine is was not well armed, was not uh, uh, heavily defended. Um, Again, I'm not uh, criticizing Ukrainians. I mean, everybody in the world is impressed with their with their with their spirit and with their and with their their, their fight. Uh, 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 they're doing a, a superb job, a shocking job. Everybody's surprised at them. So I'm not saying anything negative about the Ukrainians. I'm just saying that attacking Taiwan is nowhere near as uh, as straightforward as attacking the Ukraine. Um, not only that, um, but China's dependence on the international market for oil and gas is so high that it greatly exceeds the energy dependence of EU countries on Russia. So basically, you place two destroyers at the at the, at the Straits of Hormuz and two destroyers at the Straits of uh, of Malacca, and China within within six months basically stops functioning completely. They have no eighty five percent of their energy comes from outside. Um, they're now beginning to uh, 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 start to import from from uh, from Russia, but that infrastructure doesn't exist yet. So um, basically, they're totally vulnerable. Cutting off China from from trade um, is utterly trivial. Cutting off Russia from trade is extraordinarily complex. So. Th- that's just a comment on, on, on what everybody's saying about the, 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 the connection between this and Taiwan. Taiwan is by no means as simple as Ukraine. Not to mention the fact that the Taiwanese people have literally been digging into their mountains for 70 years. And, and so uh, uprooting them will be enormously difficult, enormously costly. And um, uh, 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 a few other facts that people might, might not be aware of that um, uh, the Russian attack on Ukraine is not going well. And one of Putin's biggest problems is that he simply does not have sufficient number of Russians. That sounds a terrible way to express things, but that's simply the case. Russia, at the time of the breakup of the Soviet Union, had nearly 300 million people. In other words, it was close to being parity with the United States in terms of population. It now has 140 million people, less than half of the United States. Okay, that but... it's very meaningful. But today with warfare, it, 
the number of soldiers isn't as crucial as it used to be because of technology. Uh, not true. Not true. No? Technology you does agree? things. There are things that, that technology can do and it's very important. And you can overcome a manpower disadvantage, as does Israel all the time, as Israel has since its inception, right. uh, by wise use of technology. But again, that, that brings up two other issues. A, that's good if your wars are very short. B, um, um, the Russian technology, uh, uh, apparently, from everything that we can see so far, has been far insufficient to the job that they're attempting to do. So let's quickly, we only have three minutes left. Uh, let's talk about how short this war will be. Uh, Prime Minister Naftali Bennett went on the Sabbath, broke the Sabbath in order to go have a meeting immediately, got on a plane, went to go speak with uh, Putin. And, uh, in, and afterwards and he, with Germany as well. Yes, and they're talking, and he's talking about, we have to try to make peace, even if it doesn't happen, we have to make our efforts, blah, blah, blah. So what do you see happening here and why? What was this no, whole I think about? Bennett went for a much much stronger reason than that. I think that's the external reason. Right. But I suspect that the real reasoning before, before, be, behind what he did, by, behind him going to, uh, to meet with Putin, was we need to talk to Putin about mediating in terms of Ukraine because of Iran. That's why it was... Explain. Present. Explain to our listeners. Uh, remember, uh, uh, Russia is one of the signatories to the uh, JCPOA. And it is a key um, 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 player in that whole in that whole um, um, uh, 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 what's it called? How do you say it in English? Hatsaga and show show. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, and if he can convince Putin to say, "Look, stop this nonsense with the with the new agreement. The previous agreement was was terrible." But it was at least for 15 years. This present agreement is for two and a half years. It's ridiculous. Everything that's being discussed right now in this agreement is simply ridiculous. In two and a half years, it expires. That's the agreement that you want to, that you want to sign. When they already have enough 60 percent uh, 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 refined uranium to begin with producing bombs within weeks. I think the, 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 the basis for for uh, uh, Bennett's trip to Russia was much more significant than what appears on the the uh, news outlets. Much more significant. And that I think the, the fact that he went immediately the same day to Germany, again, desecrating the Sabbath, um, Germany is another signatory to the to the agreement. And um, I think that strengthens my opinion in terms of why he went there. It was not, and clearly Ukraine was on the agenda, obviously, but it was not the only item on the agenda. And perhaps, perhaps, this I can't guess, of course, perhaps not even the, the top item on the agenda. It was clearly on the agenda, of course. I'm not saying it isn't, but okay, that, I, was, that I, wasn't the only item. I, I'm still a little bit not following you. Maybe you can just say it in, in a sentence or two. Recap what you said about his Bennett trip. Needed to. What's the American expression? Head him off at the pass. 
make certain that the Iran deal does not happen as soon as we try Biden is trying to close it within within weeks now. Bennett needed to do something to stop that process or at least slow it down significantly. Okay, hold it right there. We have to go to a break. We'll be right back, everybody. Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. We are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Confusion. What is going on, really? Um, we are speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, and he's talking to us about what's happening in the Ukraine, Russia. Um, whatever happened to Corona, we don't even hear about that anymore. And we want to talk about sanctions and, God forbid, food shortages and famines, etc. So, where would you like to take us in this last segment? Okay, I want, I want uh, just another little bit about um, about the the food situation because I think that's extremely important. Then we'll get to the corona just a little bit uh, in, in a few moments. There are are, are vast uh, um, uh, uh, shortages today in nitrogen, phosphates, potash. Um, uh, um, Ukraine produces about. 40% of the world's potash. Um, you know, this, this is a big problem. <clears throat> so, um, without strong fertilizers, you cannot grow the quantities of grains that the world has been become accustomed to. And if you, on top of that, do not produce in Ukraine and do not export or do not allow Russia to export what they produce, these are, Russia is the, the largest exporter in Ukraine, I think is, if I'm not mistaken, the fifth largest exporter of grains. Um, basically, the main sanctions that the United States and Europe are imposing on Russia, they're sanctioning uh, Middle East and North Africa more than anybody else, because these are the people that, for whom grain is the mainstay of their diet. So I would I would suggest that towards the end of 2022 we will be seeing massive food shortages on the order of between one and one and a half billion people lacking sufficient food. <clears throat> and I, I think that's a very significant thought, and it's frightening. It's, it, it Absolutely. Me. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Remember, the, uh, what was called the Arab Spring began, began because of food shortages. All of those uprisings began because there was a shortage of wheat. 
So we do not know where this is going to go. We do know that if this is correct, and all the indications are there that it is correct, we can we can foresee it. Grain has already gone up uh, by nearly um, 200 to 300%, depending on where, already. And it, scarcities are already being seen. And we're seeing these problems, as I mentioned, with fertilizers. So this will lead to instabilities. We do not know where. We do not know when. But we know that it's very soon. Okay. Do you believe that they want this to happen? I mean, the, the I don't know, you know, when you say they, but if this war is being orchestrated for the, you know, and, and I think probably most wars are orchestrated. Um, what is, maybe they want there to be this shortage because they want people to become more dependent upon their government and then they have to fall in line and do what the government says. Otherwise they starve to death. And we, we've seen this in history before. Do you think that m maybe something like that is happening? I kind of doubt that. I think that there are forces that are going here, going on here that uh, I think people just don't, don't really see the ramifications. Uh, uh, it, it, it takes a, a special kind of weirdo like me to take <laughs> things down this road and say, okay, if this is happening, then that, that'll lead to A, and that'll lead to B, and that'll lead to C, and that'll lead to et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, uh, uh, there aren't a lot of people that normally do that kind of thing. I'm crazy. I'm strange. You're Most funny. people don't just think linear in, in linear manner. I, I don't. Okay. And when I see right. that there are shortages of, of nitrogen and phosphate and potash and seeds aren't being sown, I get scared. Yes, it, it is a very frightening thing to think that there'll be a famine that people could, God forbid, starve to death. Um, all right. So we only have like six minutes left. Um, what else do we need to know? I'd like to update a little bit. Uh, I, I know that, that, that Corona has suddenly become out of fashion now, but, but I think we need to get some basic information out there that people are, might not be aware of. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, 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 a short little video sort of went viral on the Internet of a, uh, a CEO of some uh, American insurance company saying that there were data anomalies that he did not yet understand. And he was seeing a 40% rise in mortality in the uh, uh, 18 to 60 age bracket, which are not people that are that are susceptible to problems with corona, clearly. And, and it sort of stopped with that because we didn't really see any continuation of that. But we need to know now some things that are going on. Okay, um, um, uh, uh, the stock market. Of the 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 the, the market um, price. I'm sorry, lost my words for a moment. The market price of Moderna and um, and Pfizer have parachuted. They're, 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 Moderna has has gone has gone down by something like seventy percent, and Pfizer by more than thirty percent. Um, many many insurance companies in America and around the world are talking about lawsuits on the order of hundreds of billions of dollars against these companies and against others as well 
the claim again i don't have the data this is data in the hands of the insurance companies that i am repeating the claim is that all three solutions in double quotation marks uh to the corona issue that is to say masking um uh, um, uh, uh closures and the the so-called vaccinations all failed all of them and therefore they are paying out for excess mortality and that's that's their terminology not mine i don't like that terminology it's it's, it's it, it annoys me but that's the term that they're using the their, their payouts for excess mortality are phenomenal and we are either going to see major insurance companies which is a mainstay of the entire financial system in the west in in the europe and the united states we are either going to see major insurance companies going bankrupt or we are going to be seeing enormous enormous lawsuits that are unprecedented and are even bigger than the tobacco lawsuits which were till now are the largest lawsuits in the history of 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 of, of uh, 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 of Western civilization. But I thought there was indemnity for the pharmaceutical companies with, uh, as, uh, you know, connected to these vaccines and all vaccines. That's actually. an interesting question. It turns out, for instance, that Pfizer, in their contract with the state of Israel, actually put in there a clause saying that they cannot be sued. Right. But of course, any judge can throw that clause out of the contract. Um, so I'm not a legal scholar. I can't really, I, I can't really uh, um, um, address these kinds of sticky legal issues that I don't really understand. But um, as things stand right now, all of these so-called indemnifications by government will probably, if they, these things really do come to lawsuits, to major lawsuits, they will probably be thrown out because the governments can't, won't be able to won't be able to withstand the pressures. Again, we're talking about hundreds of billions of dollars. If if these if these insurance companies go bust, the entire financial system of the United States goes down with it. Well, they could probably sue their governments too because the governments mandated these vaccines, fired people from their they jobs, obviously forbade the them from going to work. Etc. I will obviously something on because because the, the, the data that that originally came out of the CDC now turns out to have been I will try to express it politely unreliable. Mm-hmm. All right, we have uh, a minute and a half left. What do you want to leave us with? Well, uh, <clears throat> we went over so many things today. Um, uh, the possibility of of a global scale or a continent scale famine in many areas of the world. We talked, we talked about um, some of the dangers facing governments and financial systems because of uh, uh, um, miscalculations basically uh, in terms of the Corona. And we talked about the war and how this war can escalate into other areas. Again, the people that are talking about nuclear escalation, I don't really take that seriously. I don't think that's that's real. I don't think anybody's that stupid. But I could be wrong there. I don't I do not 
pay much credence to the threats of nuclear war out of this. I don't think that's gonna that's in the cards. But well, that's these good. other things that we're talking about <laughs> are very real, and people need to be aware of them. Uh huh. All right. I, I just want to say this in the last few seconds that we have that there was some uh, news going around that Russia bombed a nuclear reactor in in Ukraine. And according to my understanding, that's that was fake news that there was an office that went caught on fire there. Maybe it was from a missile or whatever, but I doubt Russia would do something so crazy like that. And I'm not on Russia's no, side. It, it, it wasn't bombing. It was shelling and it was not to uh, okay. an office. It was a, tra- a training facility on the outskirts of it. Very good. I'm glad that you cleared that up. So I just want to say that. I don't think that Russia is that crazy. And I'm not for Russia. I'm not even for the Ukraine. I don't know enough about this conflict. I'm just for the innocent people suffering from all of this. God bless them. You're here. All right. Thank you so much for being with us, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you for having me. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Straight talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, this is Jake in Anchorage, Alaska, and I love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in Israel. Hello, this is Anna King, originally from London, now living in Israel. And what can I say? Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea. My name is Bhaskar. I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dots, and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Dumin, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Dots from Malaya Dumin, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 